It's episode 810 of the Roadman Cyclone Podcast. We're here on the new Saturday slot and Sarah's back with newbie questions. And yeah, I thought that the etiquette was that the group slows down. <laughs> so therefore, I was in my drops doing a, I was like Marlon Royster, who's like the TT specialist in the girls. I was like her trying to get back onto you. <laughs> as they say, I was in zone 11 and I was thick as a bull. <laughs> I got you. And this is from Ryan, 2015. I wonder was Ryan born in 2015? Oh, I like have an old email address, Anthony1983, which is really <laughs> just dating me now. And some really profound, like from Touche Turtle 3840. You'll never find the answer watching a video. Expand your horizons and read a book. <laughs> As he comments on a video. <laughs> Sarah, I'm a little thrown off with this Saturday slot as opposed to our regular Friday. Is this going to become a regular thing? No. Oh, right. Okay. No. Do you want to tell the audience why we didn't record yesterday? Logistical problem. <laughs> I'm going to put my hands up and say, I was having a bad day. So <laughs> The energy wasn't right. The energy wasn't quite right. It was... Uh, yeah, it, it was it was a little bit off and it was it was my fault. I was having a couple of diva moments. I'm getting uh, beyond my station here. <laughs> she wanted me to take all the red M&Ms out of a bowl and I just drew the line there and said, that's it. There's no way I'm doing that. Uh, anyway, moving along. We'll be back next Friday. I promise I'll be a good girl. Greg Lamont has hit over 200,000 downloads across podcast and YouTube at the moment mind blown yeah it's crazy it's it, youtube is interesting because we can actually see people's thought process and their comments and what they thought of the interview we very rarely people do email in all the time about with feedback on the podcast but there is a lot of commentary under the youtube video 99 percent of it is positive and some really profound like from touche turtle 3840 You'll never find the answer watching a video. Expand your horizons and read a book. <laughs> as he comments on a video. <laughs> One of my favourite ones as well was from at Wally Morris 686. Why do young men think that not shaving, the tough look with a reversed cap looks good as if it's still in high school. This is one of the greatest cyclists in the world and he's done an hour and a half long interview where he exposes so much information about racing, EPO, motor doping and that's all that this guy has to say. It's kind of hysterical. And I'm sure he was talking about me and not Greg Lamont. <laughs> I think so. I don't think Greg Lamont has a tough guy he just seems like a cuddly bear. I'd love to give him a snuggle. Someone else said, you want to talk about doping? You're a pair of dopes. <laughs> there was favorite. a few of those, actually. There was a few of those. But I would like implore anyone to go and have a look at the comments because there is some really good debate there around who was doping, who wasn't. Well, there's some, some brilliant scientific right. insights as well. Someone mm -hmm. has put like a 500 words, 600 words comment with scientific references and stuff about motor doping and VO2 max. It's really interesting stuff in the comments as well. There we go. Okay, let's dive in and do some questions. Let's move on. Okay, question number one. I've heard you talk about group ride rules and waiting for slower riders at the top of climbs. But what is the etiquette when someone needs to stop for a nature break? Obviously, you don't stand around watching, but what do we do with the group? Sarah got caught with this one last week. So Sarah I was thick. stop for a nature break. <laughs> I was thick as well. I was annoyed. And didn't really know what goes on. So if someone stops for a nature break, 
everyone else keeps rolling for like four or five minutes up the road and then when you get to a safe place do a u-turn and ride back towards them and then obviously another u-turn to continue on your original direction sarah wasn't too aware that there was a u-turn going on so she thought she had to chase like at max effort to get back on and then we were all just waiting okay well what i will say is uh, this is from at River Deep. At River Deep, if there in particular is a lady in your group and she has to stop for a nature break, number one, she has probably fought that urge for the previous hour going, no, this is too much of an inconvenience for everyone. It's too much of an inconvenience for me. You have to find a spot Climb over a gate, oh, make sure your bike is okay. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you that everyone's it's, potty trained. I'm telling you that it, you have to take bear in mind that it takes a female at least ten times longer. We can't just whip it out over our bib shorts. Unless we have you have to a go, shiwi. We basically have to go and strip off and make sure no one's in the field. You haven't got some mad farmer looking at you doing it, and then you have to climb back over the gate in your cleats. So. Please bear in mind that it's going to take the girl a lot longer than the lad to finish their potty break. And yeah, I thought that the etiquette was that the group slows down. <laughs> so therefore, I was in my drops doing a, I was like Marlon Royster, who's like the TT specialist in the girls. I was like her trying to get back onto you. <laughs> as they say, I was in zone 11 and I was thick as a bull. <laughs> I got you thick as two planks. And you went I home shortly you. after. I went home shortly after because I put myself in the red trying to catch up. So I think make everyone aware before the group ride what happens in the event of a nature break. We talk about nutrition constantly on this podcast. Fueling pre-session, mid-session and post-session, they're vital for performance and for recovery. As I age, I'm becoming more aware of what I'm putting into my body. Have you ever stopped and taken a second to read the ingredients on the back of a traditional sports bar or gel? I literally can't even pronounce some of the ingredient list. It's scary. So many additives and so many chemicals. I've been on a search to remedy this and I was so happy to find Veloforte and we're now teaming up with them on the podcast. 100% natural, gluten-free Veloforte products have never upset my stomach while I've been out training. And this used to be a big problem for me. My teeth and gut are also thanking me for eating real food when I'm out on the bike. Veloforte are kind of like making your own energy bars and gels at home, but with none of the mess or none of the effort. They taste absolutely amazing. I honestly struggle not to eat them in the evening time with a cup of tea. The range is so amazing. They have good healthy bars, protein shakes, and performance-enhancing chews and gels, all created to help you feel better while you train. Head on over to veloforte.com now, and if you use the code ROADMAN25, that's going to get you 25% off your first order. Next question is from Peter Cav D7. Okay, at Robine Cycling, any tips on how to improve power to weight ratio? I'm currently at 2.7 kilograms per... I'm assuming that's meant to be watts yeah, per kilogram. Watts per kilogram. Looking online, it comes down to lose fat and build muscle. It doesn't really come down to lose fat and build muscle. It comes down to lose weight and build power. And I know that seems a little bit pernickety. But building muscle, muscle weighs more than fat. So the more muscle you add, you're going to keep damaging that power to weight ratio. And also muscle mightn't always be beneficial. You know, you could be building large biceps, triceps, pecs, and your muscle ratio is going up if you do a DEXA scan, but your power to weight ratio is probably on the way down. So as, you know, condescending as it sounds in a power to weight ratio 
equation, the only two things that really matter are trying to drop overall weight, which is fat and or muscle. You obviously don't want to be dropping beneficial muscle, which is going to be something that's going to help you increase your power. So power needs to go up, weight needs to go down. How does power go up? Well, that's really having a good periodized training plan based off your starting point, designed around your unique circumstances like family, work situation, athletic background, illnesses, anything like that, limitations you have, designed to bring you to your goal, whatever that is, a target event, or if it's a process goal, or if it's like a FTP test goal. That's the way to do it. I actually have an amazing podcast, which I'm hoping to release next Thursday on the YouTube channel with Joe Friel, who's the godfather of cycling coaching, where we talk about a lot of this stuff. Okay, so 2.7 kilograms, the guys in the world tour, they're doing up to seven kilograms. That's yeah, insane. But, but now like... You they're need, different animals though. Also, when people say I'm doing six, seven kilograms, like what duration are they doing this for? It's what Lamont talked about in the interview. Someone's like, yeah, I can do six watts per kilogram. Okay, but can you do that rested at the end of a taper week when you drive out to the bottom of a climb and warm up on your rollers? Or can you do it in the third week in a grand tour up the Col de Tourmalet? They're two very different things. And amateurs often confuse this. People go, oh yeah, I can do 5.8 watts per kilogram. I'm good enough to be in the world tour. Yeah, you can do it totally fresh. They can do it after five hours of racing in the third week. They're different things. Okay. And the watts per kilogram really becomes important when you're climbing, Anthony. It's not really on the flash or TT or anything like that, is it? So that's my advice. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Just stay on the flash. Don't climb. Like it is still important to be light. And, but the main thing that's going to propel you forward on the flat is your absolute power. And then your mm. CDA, your coefficient of frontal drag, how much wind you're hitting. Weight's always important in cycling. There's no getting around it. Okay. Amazing. Let's move on to the next question. And this is from Ollie in London. Sarah, with the Tour de France Femme of Zwift over now until next year, who was your standout rider and standout moment and why? Myself and my two daughters, Millie and Kate, watch the highlights every evening and listen to your podcast. They're 11 and 13 and want to hear your final opinion on it before buying a team kit. That's a cool question. It's the first question you've ever got, Sarah. <laughs> You're so. getting famous. That's a pretty cool question. I feel a little bit emotional reading that, that there's people listening and want to know my opinion. Before I go into the best riders and the standout moments, Anthony, you have a great story about when you were a kid and your dad used to make you race for a jersey every year. This is cool. Actually, I probably forgot about that. Surprised you remember that. Yeah, so we had a cycle path that they built when I was quite young on the coast road and there was like little barriers halfway and we would sprint for them, but we'd have like, we might ride after stages maybe four or five days a week. But we'd have this, like, as the Tour de France went on, it was a three-week competition that me and my dad had where it would be a sprint to this point each day and then you accumulated points the exact same way. It was his way of explaining how the green jersey competition worked. So we'd sprint for these bollards each day and then at the end of the three weeks, he owed me a green jersey, which I never got and I won. And if you're listening to that, I'm still waiting for that <laughs> green jersey. But I think that getting one of the classification jerseys is maybe a little bit smarter than getting a team jersey. So let's say Millie or Kate, Katie, kind of feel like they're sprinters or they prefer climbing, maybe go for the polka dot jersey or the green jersey or if they just feel like they're a champion, maybe get them a yellow jersey. Because then, you know, teams come and go and riders change teams. So it might kind of last them a little bit longer. But if you, you know, put your foot in my neck and ask me, 
who is my favourite rider and what jersey would I get? Of course, my favourite rider of the whole tour was Lotte Kopecky. She was amazing. She did six days in yellow and I would get an SD Works Is that just because you've seen her in the airport? Is that Sorry, why you in love the airport. Her? <laughs> She's so cool. I love her so much. So yeah, I mean, SD Works cleaned up for the whole competition. So they're a winning team. They're absolutely amazing. So if you do want a team jersey, go for that. Okay, this is from Sandra. I have aero bars on my bike as I do triathlon, but I ride with a purist cycling group every Saturday. I never actually go onto my skis when I'm with them riding in a bunch, but I have gotten a lot of comments from older members in the group saying that they are dangerous. Is it bad manners to even have them on your bike? Yep, take them off. Easy. <laughs> easy, easy. Take them off. Yeah, they're dangerous. and They're dangerous even if you're not in the skis because you're going to catch someone with them. Someone's going to get tangled in them. If you are going to use them, I actually have them on my, uh, saying all that now, I'm probably going to be on the group ride, which is today uh, with them on. So I'll probably sit either at the back or the front, but also it's my group ride. So there you go, <laughs> do what you want when it's your own group yeah, ride. Yeah, it's your group, Anthony, but you're a very, very experienced rider. You know, it's I know things can happen and other people can make mistakes. Yeah, it's almost it? like other people getting caught in the bars is the problem. Uh, so now I have them on the gravel bike because I'm trying to get used to them for Badlands. And, you know, as I'm saying this out loud, because we're about to go out for a group ride, maybe I actually will take the road bike instead because it is setting a bad example that they are acceptable when they're definitely not because they are one of the most dangerous things you can have on a group ride. Okay, Sandra, fairly emphatic there. Okay, question number five, and this is from Ryan, 2015. I wonder, was Ryan born in 2015? Oh, I like, you have an old email address, Anthony1983, which is really <laughs> just dating me now. Anthony, I listened to the Greg LeMond interview. Thanks for that. It was very enjoyable. I'm new to cycling and watching cycling, but my dad has always spoken to me about Greg and Hino and Kelly's era. Can you please explain VO2 Max? Do you just naturally have a number that you top out on or can you work to keep improving it? Also, how do I find out what my VO2 max is? Is there a test protocol? VO2 max is your maximum oxygen uptake. So the maximum amount of oxygen you can take in. Yeah, there is a test. The only A lot of garments and stuff estimate it. The only way to actually accurately define what your VO2 max is is to go into a laboratory, have a mask on. When you're full gas, it will track how much oxygen is actually going into your mouth at that time. So there is a ceiling on how well you can perform VO2 max. Now, if you're not trained well, you won't be near that ceiling. So your potential to improve is from where you are now until your ceiling. But once you hit your ceiling, you're kind of the best way to improve your VO2 max is pick better parents. You know, that's what <laughs> that's what Greg Lamont was saying to me. Like it's an impossibility from 18 if you're a well-trained athlete your VO2 max really isn't going to change. Now, you can change things like efficiency level, which translates to performance. You can change bunch handling skills, which translates to performance. You can change critical power across different durations, which again will give you a bump in performance. But VO2 max, ultimately, when you step into the upper tiers of professional sport, will always be your limiter. And that's why Le Monde is such a legend, where I think he has the highest ever officially recorded VO2 max in sport. Yeah, there was a bit of debate on, about that underneath the YouTube comments as well. But I'll let everybody else go and check them out. Will we move on to the next question? Let's do it. Okay, and this is from Mark. Hi, you've mentioned your sauna a few times. What's your opinion on UV for recovery? Well, 
infrared saunas warm the body directly as opposed to a traditional sauna. You know, if you go down to your gym, a traditional sauna warms the air around the body. So you're dumping water onto it constantly. So the infrared sauna is a totally different setup. And that's the one I have in the apartment, although it's been busted for a little bit. Sarah, that's a little reminder to get that fixed. There is a few benefits to it. Muscle relaxation and pain relief after a long session is one of the purported benefits. I do think this is a runner and it's one of the reasons I do it. Infrared saunas, they have a possibility to kind of alleviate muscle and joint pain because you're promoting better circulation and it's relaxing the muscle tissues. There's a lot of other studies on saunas. One of the reasons Sarah started jumping into the sauna as well is improving skin health. And this is done by way of increasing collagen production and improving blood flow. If you have a chance, check out Dr. Rhonda Patrick's podcast. She's a big advocate of sauna use and she has some studies there where she suggests that regular sauna use, it might be associated with a lower risk of neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's. The proposed mechanism for that is through something called brain-deprived nootropic factor, BDNF, that's a mouthful, which supports better brain health. Rhonda Patrick's an expert on that. I think she's been a guest on most of the prominent podcasts, Ben Greenfield Experience, Peter Atia, Joe Rogan. Definitely worth checking out. She's super, super interesting and easy to listen to. Yeah, she is. She's really good. And I listened to a few of her podcasts about that and she anecdotally uses her own mom who does a lot of sauna therapy and she has seen big improvements in her cognitive you know her cognitive health and I will say just to back up what Anthony said about the skin yeah it makes it just make makes your skin health glowy and beautiful so there you go <laughs> love the sauna will we move on to tech okay yep. hey, Anthony Badlands is all you're going to be talking about for the next the detail obsession has started already. There's been packages coming to the front door every single day for Badlands. So tell us all about your latest purchase. Yeah, it's just, it's tough to figure out what equipments to use for Badlands. I'm trying to figure out what light to use, but obviously the night, the light needs to get you through two nights and a lot of them don't have that capability. So then you're looking at external battery chargers and some battery packs won't charge some lights. It's a whole rigmarole. I'm not going to bore you with it all, but what I am playing around with at the moment, which is one of the things I've settled on. I've tried Camelback, various iterations of hydration packs. They've all really annoyed me to the point that I was tempted to not use any sort of hydration pack, which when going through a desert isn't a great idea. But I found one that I am going to use because it's comfortable. USWE is the brand and it's called the Outlander Pro 2 Liter. All I can say on it is the flow is nice out through the straw. It doesn't taste as plasticky as other brands. It still tastes pretty plasticky, so you might want to throw an electrolyte tablet in. But it seems more stable and it's not giving me the back pain. Now, I can't say that this is like going to be a common experience for everyone. Maybe a Camelback works better for some people, but for me, everything was hurting my back and those two stabilizing erector spinae. I couldn't ride with a backpack on it. It was just ruining me. But this is the first one that's been absolutely perfect. And I'm playing around with bike luggage at the moment. And the one I'm testing out is Cylite, C-Y-C-L-I-T-E. I'm trying this out for a number of reasons. It's ultra light. It's only 174 grams for the top tube bag. But the main reason is it seems to be tapered in quite a bit. So it's not hitting the inside of my tires where I'm getting that chub rub when I'm riding the bike. So that's the main reason. Now, I haven't packed it out with the, you know, puffer jacket bivy bag that I'm going to be bringing yet. So that's the next step. So I will come back and report on iteration number two. 
Bike looks pretty cool with all the bike luggage on it. It's it looks kind of and the aero bars. The aero bars do look really cool. It's a cool bike. It really is. If anyone is, we we should put up all the bike luggage and backpacks, hydration packs with the houses teaming with them because you've been testing everything. You could write an article on them. If anyone's looking to uh, offload some equipment, pop up. Robin, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back to regular scheduled broadcasting. I'll be back on Monday, interview Tuesday. We'll be back with Newbie Questions Friday and Sarah will be back again next Saturday with her solo cast. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to pop over and check out the YouTube channel because we've just added a cool little merchandise shelf below all the recent videos. So that's a cool way to support the channel. Robin, thanks for tuning in. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Have you ever wondered how good you could actually be? Each of us has a unique set of circumstances with work, family and social obligations, but we also want to fulfill our potential in cycling. Okay, okay, maybe you won't ever win the Tour de France, but for most of us, this is what cycling is about. So let us build you the perfect training plan around your lifestyle that's totally unique to you and will help you finally realize your cycling dreams. So whether you're just getting started on the bike or if you're a more seasoned cyclist, we have a suitable coach for you. So why not schedule a call with us and we can have a chat about how we can help you go further than you ever dreamed of in your cycling and fitness goals. Go to roadmancycling.com forward slash contact or pop me an email directly to sarah at roadmancycling.com.